Welcome to our podcast, Autoimmune and You. I'm one of your hosts, Erica. And I'm your other host, Rachel. We're just two women with rheumatoid arthritis who are sharing our personal experiences managing this disease holistically. And we are both wellness coaches, so we are super passionate about empowering you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Hey everyone, welcome back. We just wanted to give a quick little kind of life update about what's been going on with us health-wise and just kind of a little bit of personal life stuff as well, because we feel like it's been a long time since we really updated. And I know that I mentioned that I started Plaquenil again a few episodes ago, and I haven't really given an update because I haven't really felt like I had an update. So I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Erica has um, some news to share as well. And so, yeah, we just we didn't think that you guys would be this interested in our lives, but it seems like those are the episodes that people are more interested in and kind of reach out to us more about. So we're happy to give the update. (laughs) We didn't know people would be invested in our lives. (laughs) Um, So first of all, I'll give a little update on the medication journey of mine. So basically if you didn't hear the episode where I mentioned that I was on Plaquenil and Mobic and I was on Norco for a while. I was um, getting cortisone shots for a while when I was first diagnosed. And then I slowly weaned off of the other ones. And then I was just on Plaquenil for about three and a half years. I just hit the five-year mark and I had been on, um, I had been off of Plaquenil for just over a year And then I decided to try it again because I was thinking, you know what? It used to be really, really important for me to be off medication. I didn't want any sort of chemicals in my body. That was super important to me. And, you know, I did without for over a year. However, now I'm living life at kind of a faster pace than I was previous during that first year being off of it. And I want to be able to sustain that. And that is what's really important to me at the moment. And I figure, you know what? I'm not going to change anything else in my lifestyle. I still live an anti-inflammatory holistic lifestyle. However, if I could add in something that would make it a lot easier and to where, let's say I ate one thing outside the norm, it's not going to completely flare me up. I was like, that would be really nice. Um, and so I went on Plaquenil. It's been just over three months now that I've been on it. And I'm on about half, actually not about, I'm on half the dose that I was on when I was first diagnosed because, um, my blood levels actually don't show a whole lot of inflammation compared to when I was first diagnosed when my numbers were off the charts. And so honestly, I just asked my general care practitioner if I could start this medication again, because I haven't been able to get into a rheumatologist in Portland where I live until May. Um, and I made this appointment months ago. <laughs> so I'm now understanding what a lot of my clients go through. Cause when I was first diagnosed, I got into a room, rheumatologist, like the next week. Um, I was very, very blessed with that, but I'm experiencing the opposite here where a lot of people deal with having to wait six to eight months to see a product practitioner, which is horrible. And so my doctor is amazing. And he was like, you know what, anything you need, like you've obviously been managing really well this whole time, like since you were diagnosed and I support anything that you want to do. And he's been awesome. Like he's really just catered to anything that I ask him for when I want to get blood work done. He is like, absolutely. When I told him I wanted to go back on this medication, he was like, you know, I'm obviously not a rheumatologist, but in the meantime, like I'm your doctor, like I got your back. And so I'm really grateful for that. And, 
Another thing that I've been thinking about, Erica and I have been talking a lot more about medications just in general lately. And while I don't know a hundred percent if the Plaquenil is for sure helping me, like I have still been experiencing more of the chronic fatigue. Um, and I do, I would say I experience a little bit less morning stiffness for sure. Like I don't have to like sit up and like stretch for 10 minutes before I move anymore. Honestly, like I'm, that's something I didn't like actively notice. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, I I guess I don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Um, and other than that, like, I can't say I've noticed that big of a difference, but I'm trying to stay on it until I see a rheumatologist because that way, hopefully they can guide me. Maybe I need to be on more. Maybe I need to try a different drug, but I'd rather just give it a fair fighting chance because I know that it takes up to three months to really show up in your system and maybe even longer because I've been, you know, treating it holistically for over a year. So I'm trying to keep the faith, but also something that Erica and I, to be completely honest, talk about all the time is how freaking frustrating it is Mm -hmm. that like, I had high hopes for this. Like I was like, this helped me so much when I was first diagnosed, it got the inflammation under control. I was able to do, you know, normal things. Honestly, when I was first diagnosed, my diet was still shit. Like I was trying to eat healthier, but I was still eating shit all the time. And for me to have experienced such less amounts of pain and stuff within that first couple of years, um, while my diet was not nearly what it is now. And for me to be experiencing this now is so frustrating. And I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I got COVID over Christmas and Erica and I both now have had COVID and we talk all the time. Like literally, I feel like every couple of days you and I are on the phone talking about the fact that this flare up that I've been experiencing ever since I got COVID. So now it's been like six weeks now. Um, it seems like a while ago in my brain. Yeah. Uh, Six weeks ago. Yeah. That is crazy. It's only been six weeks, but I've had like the worst flare up that I've had ever since when I was first first diagnosed, that flare up was totally like, that was like out of the ballpark. Right. That was insane. That was like crazy inflammation. Couldn't stand, couldn't walk. You've all heard this story on the podcast before. If you haven't definitely go check out past episodes, but this is the worst one I've had since then because it's been so prolonged. And a lot of times when I get flared up, I get swelling and I get discomfort, but I don't get pain. And lately I've mm-hmm. had pain in yeah. my wrists, in my knees. And that's when I start to actually get alarmed. Like, oh no, something is definitely whack out of balance. And I've been very, very diligent about my routines. I've been really diligent about intention behind my routines. I've been really like diving deep. Mm-hmm. diving even deeper with spiritual practices, with journaling, with meditation than I have in the past couple of years. And so it's not that, you know, like we know how to discern when it's just, it's not that it's something else. And yeah. I have, I don't have any like, you know, data backing it per se, but I yeah. definitely know that this is because of COVID. And I've talked to so many people, so many of you listeners and people through social media, mm-hmm. um, talking about similar experiences, how I've, talk to a few people where six to eight months after having COVID, they've had a crazy flare up. Yep. So that's just like the reality of it. And I know a lot of listeners here have been really worried about either getting COVID or a post COVID flare up, or that's something that I was really worried about. And of course it happens. Yeah. And so on another episode, we can probably talk about how we get through it mentally. We're not going to dive too deep into that right now because we are trying to actually keep this short, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, uh, 
like this whole process is just so frustrating at times, um, especially when something like COVID happens. And for me, that was over six months ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been experiencing a flare that I have not experienced since I've six years ago when I got yeah. diagnosed. It's literally uh, feels that way. Um, and it's it's just like, like Rachel said, like I'm doing all the exact things. Like, you know, I'm being conscious. I'm making sure like I am not an autopilot with like my routines and my diet and stuff, like constantly checking in, like trying to readjust things. Um, and it just feels very different, um, which led me to, you know, trying a new medication, sofasalazine. Um, I, I think I talked about it in the last one, but basically if you, you don't know, like the first medication I tried was what, like five months ago. And I tried, no, it was before, it was right before COVID. I tried Plaquenil, but the reason why I tried Plaquenil at that point was because I started rock climbing and being, you know, more intensive with my exercise. So I was just trying to do that to like, have like no little even tiny flares. Um, But then after COVID, it kind of like compounded whatever little inflammation I had going on before that. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just been like sustained. And it's like, I'm literally, I just got a steroid shot too to help me. And I feel like even then, like my body is fighting the steroid shot, which is very concerning to me because it's like, I've never been in a position where if I do all of the things, you know, eat very minimal, clean foods, you know, juice every day, meditate, go my sauna, all the things we talk about, like, usually it takes me less than a week if I have some, you know, significant noticeable yeah. flare to get back to a quote unquote, you know, yeah. your normal for your body, right? And all of a sudden now it just seems kind of unmanageable. And so that's very scary, like for both Rachel and I, when you do start to feel in control of a a lot of how you feel. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the hell? Like I'm literally doing everything. And I think this is a good reminder. And I've been talking a lot about this on my Instagram since, you know, experiencing this is that there are so many factors, you know, within our lives that can contribute to how we feel. And some of those things are viruses. Some of those things are bacterial infections. Some of those things are, you know, toxins, um, mold. I mean, there's a lot of things that people are not fully aware of and we can't see them with our eyes. So we can't see how they're affecting us. And I think that's the case for, you know, COVID is that they don't know, there's not enough research out there to, see to see what's happening with people after they get this virus and even after the vaccine um so anyways i made the decision to get on sofasalazine and it's been i think it's been three weeks now um and i think the 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 most persisting side effect i have has been a headache by the end of the day like i keep going to bed with a headache Um, and I mean, it's not like, oh my God, this is so bad, but like, I definitely never get headaches and I've had a headache, um, almost every single night since I've taken this. I think it's, I think it's gotten a little bit better, but I'm not having any of the mental side effects that I had from taking the Plaquenil, which is good. Thank God. But you know, it's just, this whole process is just like I just said, it's like, 
so frustrating because even though, you know, I'm thankful for these medications at the end of the day, like when you take care of yourself so well, and then you have to come to the acceptance of like, I need this for myself to like have a good quality of life. Mm -hmm. It's still weird to know that like, you need this to survive. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Rachel and I, before we started recording, we were talking about like, just how weird is it that your joints get inflamed? They get swollen. Like, it's just happening. It's just some underlying thing that's happening. And it's really weird to be in a body that's kind of betraying you, even though in my head mentally, I am an extremely healthy human being. But at the other end of it, I have this autoimmune disease that's literally destroying my own body. Like it it doesn't make any sense. And it's really hard to wrap your brain around no matter how much acceptance you come with. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got to take this medicine to just feel better. The concept behind it is really hard to grasp. And, you know, on days when I've eaten so clean, taking care of my body, like I feel good, like mentally, and then the body is doing something different. Mm -hmm. That disconnect can be so frustrating for us because we're like, wait, this doesn't make any freaking sense. Yeah. Um, But I think when you go on this holistic journey, you know, if you're trying to do without medication, it's hard to fully grasp that you know, to- like the toxicity level of these medications to the way that you're living your lifestyle with like super clean ingredients and all that stuff, like they don't make any sense together. Mm-hmm. But I know that I have to just at this point see medication as a supplement. Like mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, but I have my medication in my supplement box. I just try to take it as a supplement and not think about it as a toxic medication. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what helps me get through accepting that this is, you know, what I have to do in order to get back to rock climbing. Cause it's been like three weeks since I've climbed. I really haven't done much physical activity. Like I've been going on walks, like, you know, getting outside, um, things like that. But I like a high level of intensity and like, I want to do what I need to do to get back to, it may not be exactly what it even was before COVID. It may not be exactly what it was pre-diagnosis, but Mm -hmm. I need to get somewhere in that realm because that makes me mentally feel good when I'm using my body. Yeah. Yeah. Erica and I have been talking a lot about trying to get our bodies optimally in a place where we can function and feel as good physically as we do mentally, because honestly, most days I feel really freaking good mentally. And I feel like I should be able to do so much more than this body can do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you like see me, if you know me in person or you see me on social, you're probably like, girl, you're already doing all the things, but to me, it doesn't feel like it. Like Mm -hmm. we all have our own threshold. Right. And I feel like I have to live way below what my mental threshold is because of my physical abilities. And it's Mm -hmm. so frustrating. And honestly, like I don't know that it's not that I don't talk about it because I want to like, you know, pretend like it's not there as far as pain and inflammation and stuff. It's just that I don't talk about it because I don't think about it a lot. I just Mm -hmm. kind of go about my life. I just kind of do what I do and it's second nature. Like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you're so strong. Like, how do you live? Like, 
it's crazy. Like my clients will start working with me and be like, wait, but like, you still get like pain and inflammation. I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I get pain and inflammation just like anyone else, but I just keep going on with life. And that is part of that, like mindset piece of like continuing on, even when you're in discomfort. And the fact that unfortunately that's just part of my new normal. And especially after this post COVID flare, like it just is what it is. And I keep going because I know that I have to, and I know that things that I'm doing every day, including my work and my, um, all of my like roles in life uh, bring me joy and make me really happy. And it really all comes back to that intention and finding joy in anything that you're doing. Because if you don't have joy in the things that you're doing, of course, you're not going to be like, well, I'm in pain. I don't want to. Yeah. Of course. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's a no brainer. Yep. So on my end, I feel like I've been sharing more about flaring, you know, information on Instagram because I am flaring and that's what I'm going through. But my intention behind sharing the struggles that I face is that I want other people to know that it's okay, it's okay to go through fluctuations with the autoimmune disease. And, you know, just because it appears that, you know, my life is, you know, pretty good. And it is, it, it genuinely is really good, but it's because of all the things that I do for myself. But some, somebody responded to one of my videos and I was talking about my flair and like what this taught me that, you know, everything I do for my health is important. And if I didn't do those things, I would be probably in really, really bad shape. Mm-hmm, and sure. she responded to my video. She's like, wow, you have such a uh, great attitude towards this illness. And I said, thank you, but I've worked really hard to get here. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked really hard on my attitude towards this illness. It's not something that was automatic when I got diagnosed, you know, like I it's really taken years to build and like yeah. every single thing that we've gone through has built the character to who we are now and everything that we'll continue to go through spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically will continue to build yeah. and hold and build. And you just kind of have to have faith in that process. But I mean, it still doesn't take away like the, the hurt and the mm-hmm. pain that we experience like that that's still there. You know, like I have my days where I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why do I even try like all these things? But then it's so ingrained that I just get up and keep doing it. Even when I don't feel well, like I'm making sure I do these things because I know that in the long run, it's going to serve me. Yeah. You know, instead of I just, you know, sit in it. And I do, like we've talked about this before, like we do sit in that like frustration, especially mm-hmm. together. We're like, yeah. what the hell is happening? You know, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is fucked up. It is fucked up. If it you is. really think about it, this disease is r- any autoimmune <laughs> disease, you know? Yeah. And I think about MS. I think about psoriasis, you and know, lupus, I think about and, yeah. Yeah, lupus and the way these different symptoms present themselves. And it's all terrible. Terrible. I mean, yeah. no human should have to go through any of this. I but... mean, you know, you see those memes that are like, oh, like, you know, people stub their toe or whatever and want to go to the ER. But meanwhile, I'm sitting here with all these autoimmune symptoms and have to go about my daily life. Like there's a million memes out there like that. Yeah. And as funny as they are, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, people yeah. get like a mild cold for five mm-hmm. days and they're like dead. And we're sitting there like, Yeah. Like I go through this all the time or, you know, someone Mm -hmm. sprains their ankle. And I actually had a client the other day say, uh, her mom sprained her ankle and she's like, "Mm -hmm, I know exactly how that Mm -hmm. feels, but try that every day. (laughs) Yep. Yep. 
Yep. I think what I want to express is that I've seen recently, I, I don't know if uh, maybe it has to do with our openness about what we go through and like bringing more honesty to like the health coaching realm. Cause there are a lot of health coaches out there that do hide their struggles because mm -hmm. they want to be seen as, you know, some perfect like example of what can happen if you just change a few things mm -hmm. with your diet. Um, I've been seeing more people sharing their honest truth and their honest struggle, which has really been, you know, it's sad to see what people are truly going through behind the facades that people, you know, present on social media. But at the same time, it's normalizing this suffering that we all experience with an autoimmune disease. And it's in a way that's not, you know, perpetuating a negative mindset within the community. It's more of like, hey, like I'm doing absolutely everything and yet I still have symptoms for whatever reason, you know, and like that's okay. And we don't have to torture ourselves and avoid medications at all costs. Like we've talked about this even even in the beginning, Rachel, when we started this podcast, like we're, we both said, and I said this in a few episodes, but we both said, if I need to get on medication to have a better quality of life, like that's what I'll do, mm -hmm. you know, because we don't want to have joint damage. We don't want to have anything permanent happening where we'll never have a chance of doing the things that we love again. Mm -hmm. So it is absolutely necessary to get the help that you need when you need it. And mm -hmm. there should be zero guilt or shame associated mm -hmm. with that. And I think this year, my intention for my Instagram account is to really help people see that they don't need to have guilt and shame for being on medications. And I've actually been getting a lot of messages lately from people saying, you know, I tried to like do this holistically for two or three years and now I have severe joint damage or I'm in a wheelchair or whatever. And like now I, instead of just being on one simple medication, now I'm on, you know, biologics, I'm on methotrexate, I'm on, you know, uh, steroid shots or what, you know, all these variety of medications because they didn't allow themselves to get the help that they need. And mm -hmm. Rachel and I both know that like, it's our responsibility to share the truth behind doing it holistically that it may not give you a hundred percent relief, but it could give you 70, 80% relief, you know, and that does really make a difference. And you and might have to find the other like 20 to 30% elsewhere or yep. with other practices. Yep. And that might not mean medication for you. That's totally fine. Some people stick really strong to that and hold really strong to that. And that's your own preference. And some people just want to do medications and some people yeah. I would say probably the majority of people want to learn more about how they can help to treat holistically, but they're not willing to give up the medication. And yeah, I totally get that. I think that we all have to find our own journey. And the biggest thing that I, Erica and I are both preaching here is don't sit there and suffer and kind of like be a saint, if you will, and yeah. silently suffer because you just want to stay strong and do it holistically. If you're really struggling and you're feeling like you you know, don't have a good quality of life. It's causing your mental health to start to collapse. It's causing you a lot of emotional mm -hmm. drainage. Please like do some really deep soul searching and figure out why it is that you don't want to go on medication and figure out if that why is strong enough to keep you in that state of mind or not. Cause 
you might find that you actually decide like I did, like Erica did that staying off medications forever. Isn't quite as important as you thought, because you actually want a better quality of life and you want to be more mentally and emotionally available for your own life and for the people around you and for yourself. And you're not able to do that when you're so, so worried about every single little thing in your healing journey, as well as the pain that you're probably going through. So there's just a lot of facets to it. Um, and I want to kind of shift to like emotional availability of people in your life. Um, and I know that like, for instance, Garrett is like super, super supportive of you, Erica, and just like has gone through this whole journey with you, which is so freaking beautiful. And, um, I've talked about on past episodes, I think in the relationships one, how, when I was going through it, like, I didn't necessarily feel like my ex-husband was really there for me through it all. He's just, he was like there, but he wasn't present. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I absolutely needed him to do something, it was fine, but he never understood the severity of what I go through. And I have to say, like, I'm so freaking grateful for this guy that I recently started dating. I met him five months ago and the way that the relationship has progressed is so unlike anything else that I've ever experienced as far as a romantic partnership. And I'm just so grateful because I'm finally in a place where I'm feeling so supported and loved. And I talked about in a past episode, how the, the guy that I was dating, gosh, almost a year ago now I broke Mm -hmm. up with him. Um, how he was supportive and whatever, um, and attentive to my needs, but that I'm realizing, and maybe we'll get into that on a way later podcast, but that relationship was really tainted in a lot, a lot of ways. Like he really burned me bad. And I'm now realizing that the things that he was doing weren't from a place of true support and love. It was more so just like trying to put on a facade of caring. And whereas the person that I'm dating now, mm-hmm. he just genuinely, I mean, we were at, um, everyone knows I love EDM and we were at an EDM show over this past weekend and my knees were bugging me and I was trying, you know, I love dancing. And again, mentally I was so in it. I was so just like ready and it was the second night and my knees just like, I couldn't. And he could see it in my face. He literally looked at me and was like, you're not doing so hot. Are you? And I was like, and I just like smiled at him and he was like, do you want to go sit down? I'll go with you. And first of all, like he's a maniac like me and just wants to dance all the time. And for him to even say that was like really profound to me being like, I will go sit down with you. And I know that's not easy for him because he could for sure keep going. Right. And I was like, I'm not making you do that. So I just honestly like kind of sat on the side and like crouched down a little bit um, and just kind of like sat for a while. And I was, and he stood by me and he just like stayed there and he kept checking on me all night and was like giving me piggyback rides. And like, when we got back to the Airbnb, he like carried me into the bed and like tucked me in and like made sure I was comfortable Mm -hmm. and just little things like that, that I have never experienced before. Yeah. And mind you, I've never really talked to him that extensively about what I deal with. I mean, I've tried to explain when he's asked questions, Yeah, but it's, it's so special to finally, I feel like I've been fighting this fight by myself for five years to be completely honest. My family has always been supportive, but they don't get it right. Like Mm -hmm. they've been trying, especially over the past two years, they've been way more diligent about understanding the way that I eat. Cause now they're starting to kind of delve into more anti-inflammatory nutrition because they're realizing that things bother them. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've been fighting this fight for 
five years, honestly, by myself. And it feels really fucking good to have someone in my corner for once and someone that is constantly checking and not checking in a way of like, how are your knees every single day? Yeah. But in a way of like, he looked at me and was like, you're not doing so hot. Are you? Like intuitive checking in, you know what I mean? I mean, like, it's so yeah. freaking beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, when, you, when you said something though, I like a phrase came to my head. I don't know if this is a phrase, but when you were talking about your ex-husband of how like he was there, he was there with you through it, but he wasn't like present. And I just kept thinking like, there's two different people, people that like go through the motions of a relationship and then people that go through the emotions Ooh. with that person. I don't know why. I just like they go of through that. the motions or they go through the emotions. Yeah. I yeah. love and I, it. Yeah. And I just thought about like the type of partner you need when you have a chronic illness. It, it takes a person that is willing to go through the emotions with you. Mm-hmm. And it may not be exactly what you're going through, but they're sure as hell trying their best to like fully understand it in the best way that they know how to for themselves. You know, like we absolutely need that. So like, I am excited that you have that because I have had that this entire journey and I'm unbelievably grateful and thankful for this because there are times when I need a heating pad at three o'clock in the morning or an ice pack or whatever that is. And I have that person to lean over to, to be like, Hey, could you like get that for me? You know, or just even like someone to soothe me, you know, like rub my hair, like rub my back, like whatever that is. And it's so amazing that you now have that because you didn't have that for so long in your relationship, which is why you left. And now you feel that from someone. Yeah. Feeling supported in every way, not only when I'm feeling, when I was feeling that way, but also when I was like feeling good, actually, Mm -hmm. um, I was hearing from him that he was talking to like his mom and his dad and like a family members about the way that I eat. Cause they were asking questions and he genuinely knows the way that I eat and why. And he came down to Portland to visit. And, um, I had eggs in my fridge because I knew he was coming and mm-hmm. he eats eggs every morning. And I usually don't keep eggs in the house. And I started to make one for myself because I haven't had them in a really long time. And I just, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. This sounds good. And he was like, wait, you're going to, you're going to eat an egg. And I was like, oh yeah, I think so. And he was like, oh, is it going to, is it going to bug you? And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, like I should be fine. They never, the only time I've ever noticed eggs really bugging my symptoms is when I have them consistently. But lately, well, before that time, a month ago, I hadn't had them in probably six months. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so he was like, even just that where I've never had them around him. So he was like, wait a second, like, are you sure? Like, you're going to be okay. And even honestly, having that kind of double check of, do you really want to do this? Because he Mm -hmm. understands my mindset of, I go through this, like, is this going to be worth it sort of thing with food, for instance, or with alcohol or with whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's just so supportive about if we go to eat somewhere, he like makes sure that I can eat something there that besides like a salad. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's really, I don't know. I'm just like really, really grateful. And it feels so incredible to have the type of partner that I have been kind of like waiting for, I guess. That sounds weird. I haven't just been like sitting here like, oh, please. But yeah. 
like I said, I've been fighting this fight for fucking five years by myself. And I am infinitely grateful. And not only that, but the fact that we have such a freaking strong connection and that we like on everything, everything. And that's Mm -hmm. just a testament to the fact that the stronger you are within yourself, the more you know yourself, the more authentic you are to your own wants and needs and desires, the more you care after yourself the more things will just flow into your life and just yep. manifest in the craziest ways. I mean, I literally met him at the music festival that I went to in October, like just randomly we were vibing across the crowd. That's how we met. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, It's a really crazy story, which again, I'll get into one day, but it's crazy to think that that blossomed into what we have now. And it's so special. And honestly, I stuck, I stick to this as much as I really freaking like him if it ended tomorrow, I would still be so grateful because I have experienced this and I know it exists Mm -hmm. and I never realized just how good it could feel before. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it shows you that you can find people Mm -hmm. completely what you need in your life for the type of lifestyle that you have and the type of condition that we both deal with, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, if you're listening and you know, you don't have a partner right now, like just keep putting in the work in yourself mm-hmm. and eventually like it's it's bound to happen you're bound to find the person that fulfills your needs in every way that you need for yourself and like we've always said that's going to look different for every single person like we all have have our level of like n- intensity of how much we need from our partner and like i definitely know i didn't know i needed that but now seeing the way that my relationship is with my husband is that I kind of do need a lot from him, like emotionally, like, Mm -hmm. and physically, like I need that physical touch when I'm not feeling well. I need that like emotional validation when I'm going through something really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's so nice to hear that you were like worried, like, am I ever going to find like anyone? And then now it's, like, <laughs> not too shortly after um, we met each other, you found someone. So yeah, yeah, more yeah. on that in the coming future. Yeah, definitely more on that in the future. We don't need to delve too deep into that. But it's just crazy to think the contrast and yeah, to make this realization that I had been doing it essentially alone besides Yeah, you know, we have friends and thank God, like for Erica, we talk about this all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we don't really talk about it on the podcast. I feel like too much, but we talk about it between ourselves constantly. The fact that we're so grateful to have each other and mm-hmm. we both know exactly what it's like, especially with this COVID flare right now. Like we both yeah. know what it's like. We're both starting so medications weird. at the same time. I always say same, same, but different. Like yeah. Yeah. it's a little bit different, but we're going through the same shit and it's, yeah. you know, this is our life right now. And even now, even now with dealing with this crazy COVID flare up with having to deal with medications and all these question marks and waiting to, for, mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see a new rheumatologist and I'm, um, being really diligent about my holistic practices and I'm seeing a chiropractor slash physical therapist next week. And I'm seeing an acupuncturist later next week. And I'm like trying to do all these things for myself and all these like unknown things that I've never necessarily tried Mm-hmm. But I have someone there being Erica, like that is just there to be like, you know what? Yeah, this sucks, but we're still going to be okay. And we're still going to yeah. make it through this and we're going to do it together. And we're going to continue to change lives in the meantime. Like just yeah, because yeah. we're experiencing these symptoms doesn't mean anything. I remember when I was first thinking about getting on my medications, I told Erica, like, 
I don't know. It almost makes me feel like a fraud, like, because I have honestly built part of my business on the fact that I was able to wean off of medications, but that doesn't change who I am. And that doesn't change what I'm able to offer clients. And that's something that Erica like reminded me of my power with of, you know what? Life circumstances change. Symptoms change. Our bodies change. Mm -hmm. Our priorities change. And that's okay. It doesn't make you any less worthy as a coach, as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And also reminding you of that, you know, people want to work with you because they like you. They're mm-hmm. interested in you. They like what you have to say. You know, they're there. I don't think most people are interested in like, oh, that person's completely off medication. Yeah. Like, you know, that's why I want to work with them, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> thankful. Thankful for this friendship. <laughs> so grateful. I mean, also, I don't know when it's going to be out, but we got interviewed together for the first mm-hmm. time on Arthritis Life podcast with Cheryl Crow. And um, yeah, so we don't know when exactly that's going to be released, but we'll definitely update you because that we talked about our friendship and kind of how that blossomed and how we met each other. And um, yeah, like how we have each other during this journey. And I'm so infinitely grateful for it. So find someone. And once you have that someone, anyone in your life that truly gets it, absolutely like stick with them and find your people. But the way that you're going to find your people is by finding yourself first. I will always, always firmly believe in that. You have to do the work within yourself, finding yourself. And then those right people will absolutely, I hundred percent guarantee you flow Mm -hmm. into your life every single time. Yep. This is something I worked on with my therapist recently was <laughs> trusting another person because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so I'm like hyper independent. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you might get hurt and that's okay. Yeah. You might meet someone that seems like the right person and isn't, and you might get hurt again and that's okay. And honestly, that goes for friendships, that goes for business partnerships, that goes for family members, that goes for romantic partnerships. Even though you might meet someone and even though you might get burned just know that that is meant to be as well. I promise mm-hmm. you. Yep. I've been through some crazy shit in the last year and a half, even since Eric has known me and you just persevere through because you know that even those things are meant for you. There, yep. were, there will never be anything that presents into your life that isn't. Yep. All right. Well, anyway, we hope you enjoyed this little update. Um, Give us a like, a subscribe. Oh, now you can actually rate on uh, Spotify. So if you're listening from Spotify, please, please, please go to those little stars, hit five stars so that we can get the ratings up on there as well as Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, you can also review, which we absolutely love reading. And one little um, plug is that ACAST supporter feature, which we haven't really talked about in a while besides that little blip at the beginning of the episode. But honestly, we appreciate so, so much, even if it's a couple dollars, like we do this completely for free. We spend so much of our time and energy with planning this retreat, with doing the podcast, with promoting for the podcast, with everything that we do on social media. So we really appreciate every bit of support. Yep. All right, guys, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our Autoimmune and You podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on social media. We really appreciate every bit of support. Sharing is caring. Every like, subscribe, and share that we get helps us get our message out to more people. 